What's up, everybody? Welcome. I'm Guy. That's John. We're glad you're on our YouTube channel. Check out our podcast down in the description. And if you're here, half of you that are here are not subscribed to this channel. So hit that subscribe button. We appreciate that. And um, yeah, we got a lot to dive into all of a sudden. And a lot of you that are listening to the podcast, share the podcast with your friends. Oh, yeah. Good point. And a lot of you listen to the podcast. I don't even know how many of you listen to the podcast or not subscribed to the YouTube channel. So get on it, people. Go check that and uh, hit us in the mailbag. We're getting some uh, mailbag questions at the e- at the email, which is uh, promo code ham at gmail.com. Or um, we always prefer the podcast review on Apple Podcasts because that helps out the show. Five stars. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, real quick, John. Rod- Aaron Rodgers just got traded. Aaron Rodgers just got traded. Basically, it's hard to follow when you verbalize a trade, but the Jets get Rodgers and pick 15. They send the Packers pick 13, and then they get their fifth. 15 pick there's some late round picks but it's basically they move up two spots from 15 to 13 Packers they get a second round pick this year and they get a second round pick next year if Rodgers plays 65 percent of the snaps so even if he retires if he continues to play they're going to get the second second round pick uh if he does well they don't get the 24 second round pick oh yeah yeah you're saying if he plays 65 percent of the snaps this year that's right so it's basically two twos for Rodgers and I'd argue even if he plays this year and you have success there's value in that, even if you get for one season, right? Like Aaron Rodgers has a lot of independent value, even if it's for 17 games. You win 11 games. Let's maybe you win the division, right? His value just one year easily worth two twos, right? If you argue the 15th and 13th pick, you're essentially getting the same player, right? I would, I think. Yeah, that's what fair would it to take say. to move from 15 to 13? I'm sure we. It's probably easy to find what somebody's done in the past. A fourth. Well, the, the remember once upon a time the uh, the Arizona Cardinals went from fifteen to ten, and I think it was a third. So yeah, it's not that valuable of a move, especially factoring in uh, this draft, which I think is viewed as pretty weak at the top. Yeah, but I, I think big picture, you know, start see you Packers, like adios, like I, I no longer take you seriously as the way we've taken you for the last thirty years as just a consistent chalk them up in the playoffs. Now, that doesn't mean they can't, but I no longer view them as a playoff team uh, by any means. Yeah, a team you fear. I mean, as long as they had Aaron Rodgers, they were a team that, remember last year when they were playing well at the end of the year, it was just like, God, I I know they're not a good team in terms of the holistic version of them in 2023, but do you really want to get Rodgers with a Packers team that bullies its way into the postseason? Not really. And that's over. Matt LaFleur, good luck. Right? All these historic career start numbers for Matt LaFleur. Uh and yeah, maybe the Lions win the division now. I mean, it's a great, you know, it's been one of the better 49er rivalries of our life. And I think more off, more likely than not, like they're going to go dormant for a little bit. History would say that this guy is more likely to not to be average to below than anywhere near a top 10 player. I, uh, very inspired by the one Jordan Love drive last year and, uh, down 30. I'm expecting big things from him. <laughs> do the Niners, how many quarterbacks do we have to, Go through the NFC. There'd been some Niners to Rogers buzz. Like if he didn't get traded, could he get traded to the Niners after the draft? That that's officially dead for this year. Yeah, like Carton and Boomer. Like people were just like, "Hey, everyone!" And it felt like that. It was like pressure on the Jets. Like just fucking yeah. do this. Yeah, just do this now. They didn't have any other options, right? What would happen if they this thing fell apart? They would be screwed. And it had to happen before the draft this year for the Packers, right? That was the Jets' leverage. Yeah. So easier too to do it a couple days before so you can just take a deep breath like, hey, now we can get this guy. 
Here's right. my question for you now. How many quarterbacks in the NFC do we have to list before the Niners have all three quarterbacks on the list? In other words, like the Niners have finished the sentence. The Niners have three of the best blank quarterbacks in the NFC. Well, I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> because the F3 of the guy best they 20 do... quarterbacks in the NFC? No, it's a guy. You cannot be a top 20 quarterback in the NFC if no one will trade for you in Trey Lance. Okay, so how many backups? And, say, and fairness to Sam Darnold, too. I think, you know, he's got to prove some stuff. Yeah, but Darnold was last year one of the best, whatever, 15 quarterbacks in the NFC, right? Four so or six-game six stretch. But I just mean, go through all the starters in the NFC, all right? That's 12 guys, right? Yeah, I mean, J- Jalen, Goff, Dak, Cousins. They're not 12, 16 guys, 16 guys. Geno last year, I mean, all, I mean, is, there's a lot. Is Stafford Sam better than Justin Fields? I mean, no, you wouldn't say that. Who's the Bucks starting quarterback? Baker Mayfield. Okay. I, t- I take Sam Darnold. Though right. Baker beat him out, kind of felt rigged. Yeah, you're right. Weird. I would take Sam, but whatever. Falcons. Carr. Falcons? They don't have one. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, three of the best 16, obviously not 16, but three of the best 22 quarterbacks in the NFC? Under no circumstances. And I'm not trying to be a hater. Can you put Trey Lance on any list? <laughs> I'm just saying it. You, is he better than uh, not not Colt McCoy? Not better than their backup? Drew Locke? He's got to be better than Drew Locke, right? Well, if you factor it in value, would you rather have Daniel Jones for $42 million or Sam Darnold for three? Yeah, if you factor in value, you'd rather have Daniel Jones for... I mean, uh, Sam Darnold for three. Although you could argue, are are they making the playoffs last year with Sam Darnold as their quarterback? He threw 15 touchdowns. That'd be Daniel Jones last year. 15 touchdowns. Dual 15. He, he was not a part-time starter. He started every game. 15 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of like ESPN stats and info. I, I'm pretty sure modern day co- team to make a playoffs. I mean, it's... Full-time starter. It's it's it's. I don't know if we'll see that anytime soon. Something a situation, not like a you know combination of players. One player starting the whole time. Not all. You know he's playing with Dante Pettis, but still, it is what it is. And Saquon, it's Saquon. Yeah, but he's he's a running back. I know, but he's their best player. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Saquon ran for, I think, 10 touchdowns, like 1,400 yards. And now he can't make half as much as Daniel Jones. No. (laughs) That's the irony. Uh, All right, John Lynch spoke press conference on Monday. A lot of questions about Trey Lance. Basically admitted, yes, we have received calls on Trey Lance. Said that uh, normally he wouldn't update a player, but given the sensitivity of the situation, he he has been uh, updating Trey Lance, spoken directly to Trey Lance. I expect Trey to be here. Uh, we're exciting about him competing. Offer would have to be substantial. And the key to the whole thing, yes, you definitely have to take Brock's health into account. Do you know what really hit me listening to him talk? Because you can say, oh, it's just conjecture with the rap sheet tweets and the, the, the talking podcasters bullshitting about this for years. We are, that was the 20 draft. This is the 23 draft. So two drafts removed from when he was picked. And we are openly talking about, not us, the general manager being asked and just discussing Trey Lance trades. 
Like that just, I think that summarizes where we're at with the situation. Right? I don't see yeah, how I would, it cannot. Can I add something to that? Discussing trades while also discussing that he's in a three-way quarterback battle, right? Not a quarterback and we got another guy. It's he's he's the, he's battling to be the backup quarterback also. I think it's both of those things. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's when you factor that in, this is the NFL. This isn't like I guess all sports move on from players relatively quick, but when you factor in the variables, it's really not crazy that we're having these conversations, right? Like we'll get to Ayuk. I think we can red flag that situation, which is fair to say that's a little weird. This situation is not weird to me at all. And people, and listen, it's it's hard to separate online and people I know in normal life, the conversations tend to be a little different. But this is the the speed in which the NFL operates, right? We, we see, for example, I think Wentz and Goff are two good examples of guys that not only had been drafted high by their said teams, but then were compensated. And within a couple of years, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, played well. Like, it's easy to say, I understand why Josh Rosen wasn't on the Cardinals. These guys actually played well and were gone after they got paid very quickly. Yeah, with massive signing bonuses and massive salaries. And it was like, yeah, we'll just move on. Like, that to me summarizes the NFL as much as Trey is... Wouldn't you say Trey falls under the umbrella of like, we've seen this a million times, high picks don't work out and they're just on a different team pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. Whether, whether it's, you know, I would say top five picks usually get more likely to get like four years than two, but it operates faster. And I think it's fair to say moving forward, you know, the old four years is probably two and a half, three now. What keeps the guy on a team is the lack of finding somebody else to replace him sometimes. Right. What some guys get an extra year just because it's hard to find quarterbacks. Emotional connection, I think, sometimes from coaches and GMs of drafting a guy. Franchise, blah blah blah. Ownership, you know, I think Daniel Jones would be a good example. I think ownership really liked him and was rooting for him, and then had a reason to like roll with him. Yeah. Yeah, but But again, even that was he was and he was, but he even before he went to the playoffs, he had whatever three seasons of just every single game. Right. This is. This is, I'm not arguing, like, this is still a unique situation given his playing time, right? No, you're just saying it's very real. It's very real that this is happening now. This is not something that's fan or media created. No, no. And it, it never was. Uh, going back to last year when they were able to keep Jimmy. But I, I see some people writing different names one thing that happens a lot in the NFL, and in hell, it happened when Kyle and John got here. New administrations get rid of guys. Derek Carr. Why is Derek Carr on a different team? Josh didn't want him anymore. Plain and simple, right? Darren Waller. They were just over him. Well, they didn't draft him. They didn't sign him. Well, technically they did, both guys. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, quote-unquote, their guy. I, I would say this does have their guy written all over it. They did make the move. Like it is, they did the draft pick. They did the trade, yeah. which makes it a little, which I give them credit. I mean, still on the team, but they do have a Belichickian side to them where they've proven it with uh, Buckner, who again, they didn't acquire, but had immediately proven to be their best player or one of them. Right. And they're like, fuck it. Let's get the 13th pick. See ya. Yeah, I would even say most people aren't going to look at, rightfully so, Buckner's not like this situation, but McGlinchey, who was their guy, and they clearly liked more than 
the public did, right? Now, that one was a little different. But still, like, if cost was no object, he would have been back for them, just like Buckner would have been back for them. Doesn't it feel like when Lynch, and I saw McGlinchey talk about this, it must have been at his press conference, I saw that it get cut in, in my feed a while back, and then John just talked about it, like, last year, we realized the market. We were never going to be able to afford his price point. Right, like whatever they could have offered an extension, he would have said no because he knew what was coming. Like they had come to that realization yeah. last March and April, so they start telling McGlinchey like, "We might trade you," but it didn't feel like Belichick like we might get rid of you. It was like Mike, we do not want to do this shit, man. We we do not want to do this. We just it's just too much. But God, this hurts me. That doesn't feel like when he talks about McGlinchey. Yeah. That was yeah. like the way he talks. Yeah. Like Jesus, John, he's a stiff right tackle. I mean, yeah, God he damn. brought him up. We we can get we'll get to IU can bring him up. But Sean in the chat, I want to talk about this comment. It says from Lynch's comments, it seemed like he was never interested in trading Trey, but took some calls that went nowhere. Media a bit overzealous with this story, which is normal. Uh, I disagree. I that 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 he's not interested in trading Trey. I think the key to the whole thing, and this is what I threw up this quote from um, Rap Sheet on. Um, McAfee show I don't think they'll trade him until they know Brock is healthy John was pretty transparent he was asked like you know does it have to be a big offer does Brock's health factor in and he said yes you have to take Brock's health into account so I my get not my guess but it would not surprise me if the way that phone call goes is somebody calls John Lynch and says hey John you know what are you interested you just in trading Trey and John says well what do you offer and they say oh fifth and John's like don't even you know, when Brock's healthy, call me back. Then we can talk. And that would be a reasonable thing to say is you and I talked about this last week. Like, you know, when this story first broke about maybe him getting traded the weekend of the draft or whatever, it's it, it's just it's really risky when you have basically one healthy quarterback that has played in your offense before, which is what they have right now. And then Brock comes back into the building last week and maybe they check him out. He looks good. And, you know, Darnold's happy enough. He's going to games with going to Warrior games with McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan, E40, Middlecoff, and um, and then they feel a little better, and they feel a little better. But I, I, I think it's risky to trade them before you know Brock's healthy, and maybe that's kind of what John Lynch would have communicated to somebody that called about Trey. I, I don't think Trey's out of the trade market yet by any stretch. Well, what is not arguable, and they've even somewhat admitted this. Here's the thing. The media frenzy, whatever the fuck that means, can be created when you're getting lied to about situations in the draft. I, I think that's full bore right now about some of the top of the draft. It's hard to know what's going on. So there becomes a frenzy, and I, I think a lot of hype on players in the draft does not reflect the league. I think on a lot of like almost black and white situations in the league, like this team is not willing to pay this, or this team... like. I'm telling you, the Giants are going to pay Daniel Jones a lot more. People are going to be shot. Like, there are just things that this is going to happen. And if Brock Purdy was healthy, Trey Lance, I think, would get traded right now because they would just pivot, you know, to just this is Brock's team and we'll just move on from it. The variable that's keeping Trey alive is, I think, two things. He doesn't have much value. So, like, it doesn't behoove them. Like, if the best offer they get is like a fourth round pick, like, fuck it, let's just see what we got even though if he gets beat out by Sam Darnold, that fourth immediately goes to like a bag of footballs. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it His, doesn't mean, 
Doesn't mean he doesn't end up playing. And also is Luke the Don. Luke the Don. Trey's pre-June 1 dead cap is 11, basically 11.08 million. Post-June 1 trade, 1.7 in dead cap. So it's about a $9 million difference if you trade him before June 1st and after June 1st. So you're saying you're better trading him after June 1st than yeah. before? Yeah. Yeah, and that's these contracts are done to protect. I mean, he got a fully guaranteed four-year deal when you're drafted really high, right? When you give people, people always like, I'm confused by the salary cap. Well, guaranteed money just dictates your survival usually, right? For just for any player at any number, because whether it's a $12 million hit cap or $30 million, like teams do not want to take dead cap hits, right? Like the Rodgers situation is very, very unique. They're going to take it on the chin, and they're just waving the white flag on it pretty rare i would say because i I would bet in the packers building right now they would go if jordan's good we think we will be in the mix for a wild card spot they're they're not looking at it like we're gonna suck right right we got high picks we got more picks if this guy's good we drafted well the last couple years we got a good coach yeah we got divisions wide open good culture here we got good players on the team like golf Cousins rebuilding and Fields are the quarterbacks in our division. Yeah, we'll, when have the Lions had back-to-back solid seasons? Let's let's pump the brakes. If I that's what I'd be saying if I was the Packers. Whether that's true, whether that plays out, I would probably bet against it. But you know, I, I just think this Trey situation is it's the number one story in OTAs for the 49ers. It's the number one story in training camp. It's just one of those things that if he's not trending to be the guy, which clearly right now he's not. He's not even the starter if Brock's healthy. It's usually what you just get rid of, right? It's usually just what you remove from a building because it's not worth having all your players answer for it nonstop. Because that is the question that all the offensive players and defensive players, right? I mean, the thing in in the offseason is it's not like you go, Fred, uh, what's it look at? You're playing Jalen Hurts this week. What are his strengths and weaknesses? What do you... What do you what do you ask him about August second? It's like, well, how's what do you think of Trey, Fred? You've seen him now for three years. Has he gotten any better? That's <laughs> right. You're not like asking Fred to break down like Dre Greenlaw's game. He's they don't have an opponent, so you're basically just asking him about when are you going to get in another fight with Ayuk and you know what's Trey's deal. That's what you're asking the defensive and offensive players about. John Lynch. What did he say? The only difference between Trey this year and last year, or one big difference, is he's he's healthy this year. He wasn't last year, but last year he was also the the starting quarterback, the unquestioned starting quarterback of the team. Right, that's the other major difference last year. He was healthy though heading into the off season. Wasn't yeah, he? I mean, did he have a? I don't know. He made it seem like he was in better shape coming. I thought. I felt. I just felt like the practice we went to. He was there taking the yeah. reps. Right. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he was the. But he was the starting quarterback last year. Right. That's not the yeah. case this year. So, you know, the idea of being in a competition for what? For back for the backup spot. That's what he's in competition for. Yeah. Oh, the arm. Maybe that's what he's referring to. Is he referring to the uh, Mike Silver arm fatigue, which turned out to be real? As we guessed, as we knew. It's another thing. I, I just think for the most part, when things come out about the 49ers, from the main guys, like they, they just tend to not be shit thrown at the wall. I, I just don't remember a story that's like, remember when this? The only shit thrown at the wall was like Debo, and we couldn't get to the bottom of it, and he created the story. Well, I think the other story that people would say 
it's not shit thrown at the wall, but it was wrong, right? Was Mac Jones is going to be the pick. But I think we talked a lot after that draft like that. Even the fact that everyone was celebrating these guys all got it wrong when really the way to interpret what happened was the Niners were really considering Mac Jones. I would remove I, – I do think it's fair to separate on the field, 49er, they're on the team, and like draft conjecture. Because I do think draft conjecture is just pretty consistently just all over the map for everybody because I, I hear what you're saying, I'm just and saying, I'm not I even disagreeing. That, that that story that everybody uses as an example that all those guys got it wrong is actually an example that all those guys were kind of on the right track. And they were wrong in the end. But I don't think all that was bullshit is my point. Like I think all those guys, that's what Kyle was kind of thinking. Do you agree, though, it is fair to somewhat separate like post-draft and pre-draft conversations? Yeah, like things that... that Once you're on the team? Players that, yeah, players that are on the team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and coaches yeah, on the team and who they like and who they don't like on the team. Like, yeah. The, the, After the, you've I, been there for a few years. Well, the Ayuk thing was a good example, right? Is he in the doghouse? He's not in the doghouse. He's out of shape. He just doesn't know how to be a pro. He's in the doghouse. And then Kyle's like, yeah, he was in the doghouse. It's like, yeah, we fucking know. You know, we, we get it. You yeah. know, is he like some bad guy? Is he throwing like a uh, paper at Kyle when he's not looking to piss him off? No, it, no, it's probably not as crazy as it sounds. But clearly, you know, they weren't all on the same page. Just like clearly a couple years ago, they weren't happy with Debo. Just like clearly they fucking love McGlinchey for whatever reason. Like, I think it's fair we can go through the things that have been pretty consistent now of just once they're on the team. I do Clearly the Mac Jones, Trey Lance thing was a polarizing internal conversation, right? Yes. But their head coach... I would say it would be very unique if the GM or the front office was the boss of the Niners. It was like, you know, this is went against his wishes, and it happens a lot in other sports. It was like the coach won it. It happens in football. Much rarer now because coaches are all in charge. But that would be just a huge elephant in the room. Like, is this thing going to blow up? But that is just ultimately, like, Kyle is okaying to Trey Lance draft pick, right? Right. Why? Because he's at the top of the food chain of the pyramid of decision-making. Now, he clearly was probably influenced by the scouts because, of course he was. We can't fucking take Mac Jones at third overall. I'd rather miss on Trey Lance than take this scrub well, at third overall. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if it turned out one of the scouts, somebody in the room, Rand Carthen, was like, Kyle, I'm telling you, you can get the same guy in the seventh round with the last pick next year. Trust me. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. Because that's what happened, right? That is why it's a perfect example of why you don't take Mac Jones three, because you can get Brock Purdy with the last pick of the draft. Well, when do most things blow up is when you screw up and you can never fix the situation, right? Ultimately, if Purdy is healthy right, and he can just be solid, they, they had a major problem if Trey Lance is a whiff, right? Well, they were able to kind of Band-Aid this major leak in the ship because if you trade that much for a quarterback and he whiffs last year they they were got so lucky with the jimmy situation well that immediately ended right <laughs> and if purdy never ex- they would be somewhat fucked you'd be like god are they gonna like trade up to get tanner mckee in this draft we'd be talking quarterbacks in this draft right like but just take hayner with one of those third round picks right i mean that's but they were able to kind of move on and everyone just the speed in which the nfl works like People just move on. Well, it's like the 2017 draft, right? The, the the day of the draft, Solomon Thomas, Reuben Foster, you said this the other day. What did Peter King call it? An A-plus or whatever? 
The, he said it was the it was like the greatest, greatest movement of people in the draft room on the same page, wheeling and dealing. Right. <laughs> but the draft itself can't be an F because you drafted George Kittle in the fifth round. So now ideally you nail the first round picks and you nail the George Kittle pick, but it's not the way it always works. It's not the way it works usually. Well, I think one thing, and they talked about this, and I, I've watched de- a lot of snippets from just different teams, and every team's different, right? Because some teams, like, for example, the Eagles, I, I watched some of theirs with Sirianni and Howie, a lot of it are about, like, the guys they've re-signed. It's not even about the draft, even though they have high picks. A lot of it's about Jalen. It's about re-signing guys, letting guys walk. Just It's about specific things to that team. Right, I, I watched a little of Rands. It's about like the quarterback situation with Tannehill, re-signing guys, letting guys walk. Every team is different than how they're being talked about. And even today, right? What was it? John Lynch, the majority of the questions were not about the draft picks. They were about players on... It was basically a press conference about your squad, right? What's the situ, What's contract situations, trade situations? When are you get this extension? What's going to happen here? And... One thing I think they've really, really done a good job of, and he mentioned this, like you, every general manager, like what kind of players you look for, they all kind of talk in the same thing. And John listed like three or four things just kind of off the top of his head, but he really hammered this home, like the physicality uh, element. And he ended up talking about it for a couple of minutes. Like we are, we take the physicality to people offensively and defensively. And I think it's easy in a draft room to be like, you know, He's kind of a puss, but Jesus, this guy, if this guy hits, we could get it in him and our coach can, get, this guy could fucking be a, I don't even think they mess with that. There's no, this guy, this guy, I, uh, we haven't quite seen it on tape, but he's 6'4", he's 300. I think he could immediately plug and play at right tackle. Like, I just think they would, they, at this point in time, and they've kind of hit on it, they haven't, ma- we don't mess with it. Football IQ is the other one, right? One of the things that he, that he mentioned today. Football character, that's always something he talks about, which is what you're talking about. But football IQ, he's like, what did he say? Like, you don't need to be a rocket science, but you got to know how to play football. Which was one of the reasons they remember they were so confident in the Trey pick is because they thought he he had done a lot of stuff in college, right? He'd run some of the same offenses, doing all these checks at the line. The irony is that Purdy told the Kelsey brothers today, they're like, didn't you run the air raid? He's like, oh yeah, it, it was crazy. Like He's like, you'd look to the sideline, they'd signal in the play, the defense would steal your signals he's like this is so much better so brock did not he's like we're never under center that's the irony is trey did it was an easy sell it's like look at all this stuff in north dakota state it's what they do with the niners offense it's the same brock did none of that shit none of it but isn't that the argument of like if you and i ran a venture capitalist firm and we were looking to hire someone do they have to have a finance degree or could we just get the guy that like is the smartest can figure it out. Who's, who's the, who's wired the right way and going to do everything to learn what he doesn't know. Now I would say that Purdy going back to Mahomes who ran the air raid, both really benefited from kind of taking a deep breath and not being thrown into the fire immediately. Yeah. Like they just got to see sets of game plans. I mean, Mahomes only played the one game. Purdy didn't start till week 13 or week 14 was his first official start. Right. And honestly, wasn't even the true backup till week three. Right, so he even got a couple weeks to start the season of just being third, watching these two guys, kind of figuring it out. It's probably a pretty crazy transition, right? Like, because you would argue that if I just hired a accounting major in my accounting firm, he'd get it right away. But there would be some guys that in a year or two years would figure it out more than that guy if he has a limited quote unquote right. ceiling. Right. 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 Yep. And that's the one thing I remember Howie 
that I learned was like, you know, this guy's kind of, he's not a good student. They say he's kind of dumb. They'd be like, well, how does he learn football? And he'd be like, well, actually, the fucking position coach says he's like kind of a football genius. They're like, well, I don't give a shit if he doesn't. How'd you do in like classes you didn't like? It's like, yeah, I didn't do well either. And also, there's so, think that there's a million variables. Your classes versus your class. Your classes at some guy's classes at Missouri versus some other guy's classes at Washington, right? There's a million variables, GPAs, whatever. Who and and the there's teacher? all there's How also always been in your program study like hall, an, all that an old an old adage of like uh, sometimes guys that are too smart think too much. There's like yeah. this fine balance of like you just got to let it rip, right? right? Like you watch some of the great players of all time, like Favre, Mahomes, whatever. There's just a natural. I, it was kind of a knock on Peyton. Like, is he an overthinker? Like Brady's the right. Rogers is like. They're thinking, but they're also playing free. It's, it's hard. I mean, this is the highest level of. It's a job that pays fifty million dollars a year. You know, there's same last for time I checked. There's job. not many. But look at Russ; he's back. Yeah. No, you're right. But I just think it goes to show, like these are so unique that you can think on paper any of this stuff. Well, we had another guy who looked like the same profile. We had another guy with the same GPA from the same school. For, but it's not the same human being. It's not the, they ran the same offense, but it's not always, it's just not the same. Right. It's yeah. Just, I mean, it's I, like, like can Ohio state quarterbacks not play in the NFL? Is that just, there's never going to be one that can play in the NFL. I mean, I mean, the guys who played for in 1993 did not run urban's offense. So no, they ran like a run first offense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, but I'm just saying like, I, I, I think the pushback on that program specifically is like they have such superior talent than literally every team they play besides someone in the national championship or even Michigan. People even acknowledge like their roster is better than Michigan. And then specifically with the quarterback, you could argue that Tua, his second to last year, or I guess it was his last year, and C.J. Stroud two years ago played with the greatest collection of wide receivers. I mean, both had four Top 15 first-round picks on their team. Four. Not like, you know, we play with two first-rounders. No, we play with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Waddle, and Devon. It's like, and in Jigba, and fucking Marvin Harrison the third, and this other guy. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's one thing to play with. Derek played with Devontae and some good players. What if he played with four Devontae's? Right. That's why these guys are... Has anybody ever been... I mean, the openness of the receivers in, on both those teams was just... The Alabama guys were so open all the time. I'd argue Ohio State. I don't watch that much Ohio State because I find them pretty boring. Like if you're just sitting at home and you flip it on at 11 o'clock and they're just playing, you know, whoever. Occasionally, you know, they get the Northwestern tight at half and you're like, oh, maybe might be an upset and then it rarely happens. That game was not good though last year. No, but you know what I mean? Most of their games are like, okay, they're playing Iowa or Wisconsin. And early on, it's like 21 nothing. You're like, this is like watching Steph, LeBron, and Clay show up against me, you, and another. This this doesn't even feel fair. No. And and Wisconsin is like they have like a seventeen next to their name. You know, it's not like they suck. You're like this is this is fucking crazy. It it's pretty rare because even like Bama, you can run it. At, they've not that they don't have it happen, but like random SEC teams can have like the speed. You're just like they're better, but this team, the speed. It's like Iowa's look so slow. Yeah, their league, right? Their speed relative to their league, whereas in the oh. SEC, it feels like the speed relative to the league, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's why it's, it's why it's a complicated the whole thing is getting back to trade the draft pick. I fundamentally disagree with ever making a pre-draft trade to go to like. I guess you could go to two. Like if you told me that Team X has number one taking Caleb next year. And it's like, well, Drake May, he might not be Caleb, but he's like 92% of it. If you said that you traded up pre-draft to get the number two pick because you're like, I'm getting Drake May, totally get it. But to do what the Niners did last year, to do years ago what the Jets did. It'd be like trading up next year for number three. That's pretty crazy. Right? Yeah. I, I just think I'm never okay with trading for pick three before, way before the draft. I think it's just probably not smart business. Yeah, unless you knew you loved Trey and you knew Zach Wilson was going to the, right, like you knew what was happening. Number one, right? You knew they it was did. Happening. They did know what was happening. One and so two. It was kind of like in a normal year, tra- in a normal year, trading for two, because you knew Trevor was going number one. So the draft started at two. It was just the perfect combination of desperation and all the COVID. What that 2020 football season even meant in college. Yeah, which I would say Trevor Lawrence had just been playing as a you know he played three years right, so there was didn't matter what had happened in 2020 for him because he had been in the national championship game as a freshman. Zach Wilson's year was completely different. I mean, it was a whole different guy his junior year, and obviously Trey, you know, played one game. Yeah, at a small school. At a yeah, at an FCS school. So uh, the are the takeaway here is watching John Lynch does not make you any less likely to think that Trey is getting traded eventually potentially definitely makes it seem less likely he's getting traded this week. Would you agree with that? You come away going, he's less likely to get traded this week. I I still think it's on the table for if a number comes up and I think it's going to be predicated on teams that might have some interest, not taking a quarterback. And you don't know that happens till the, the third round. You know, would they take the you know early pick in the third round if one of those teams like fuck it, let's just do this yeah, trial like, period? Like maybe there's a team at the top of the third round that let's just pick a team. Well, it's the Texans. Yeah. Okay. Houston at sixty five, and uh, I'm trying to look. Like somebody has to take a guy that they like. Somebody moves up to sixty four and takes the guy they like. They like Tanner McKee, and the Bears trade back with the Bucks, and the Bucks move up and trade take Tanner McKee at sixty four. Then the Texans are like, oh fuck. We we're going to take that guy. Yeah, I'm just saying, That's like, those, and then they trade for Trey. I think it's more likely if one of those teams don't take a guy in the first round and then just view, like, I'd rather just do this trial period for Trey where we can easily pivot instead of taking this guy. Like, we don't even like this guy at this level, right? Yeah. To take in the third right. round. Yeah, or that. Yeah. That's true. I'm just saying the scenario if where I, it happened d- day of draft is if somebody does have somebody targeted and that guy gets taken. Yeah, I think the 49ers would trade Trey Lance for pick 65. And I think that would be the right move. So then they'd have... If you you just strictly based on value, they might say, listen, if we got to eat this one on the chin, we are more than prepared to do it. It, It's worth the risk of just keeping them around. I also understand that. Like it's not... Because 65 could easily just be Ty Davis Price, who doesn't play. More than likely, that's what it is, right? But I'll say this. If you're going to do that deal, you want to do that deal like Friday midday. You don't want to do that deal when... 65 is on the clock because well because you have three other third round picks so think about how far up into the second round you could get with you have four third round picks then right oh oh, i see what you're saying like you could like package two of them and 65 and yeah you you could get to the picking 36 i mean i don't you know who knows what you could do yeah i hear you 
if if there's even you know John Lynch's big thing is it's a deep draft, which is what everybody has said. So, but I just mean like you fuck you can get into the first round with four thirds. Yeah, because like in, in fairness, it's where for GMs to just be like scrubs everywhere, right? I mean, they're all most of them are pretty optimistic. What if you do get that trade though? Like pick uh, the Niner, the Giants have traded pick twenty five for sixty five, ninety nine, one hundred one, one hundred two, <laughs> or whoever. The Forty yeah. ers have drafted Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two point tackle Notre Dame. I mean, it, it just a big white tackle from you know Iowa. It would just you know Wisconsin, like it was just. North oh Dakota my God! There's always a lineman at North Dakota State, actually. Yeah, so you know he lacks some foot quickness, but physically he's tough. That, that, he's white <laughs> guard, but we feel like we can bump him outside. <laughs> oh my God! Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me. And use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections. On home runs, uh, not off. Not feeling great about Shohei less than thirty-eight and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to one hundred x your money with as little as four correct. Picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? 
very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Uh, the the thing that I think actually, would you agree, it felt like the IUK moments. There was like two or three IUK questions that seemed like they got more attention, kind of got more interesting, were more interesting than the Trey Lance conversation. Because he got asked about the fifth-year option. He wasn't even asked about an extension. And the fifth-year option for Ayuk is $14 million for 2024, and those options are due on Monday. And the question was like, well, you had to make a decision. McGlinchey, you, know, you can't keep McGlinchey and Trent. That one wasn't a decision. You had to make a decision. Buckner Armstead, is this kind of the same thing? And Lynch, I heard the question, didn't really think much of it. And then Lynch got kind of uncomfortable, and he said, I'm not going to go into specifics on people. But we love him, and we're excited about him being on this team. Uh, I think that when he said, that's a good question. It's fair. I understand why you're asking that. Um, but, you know, he got a little antsy just at the question about the fifth-year option that made it hard for him to answer as clearly as he answered, like when the question about Nick Bosa came up. And he said, yeah, we are not taking any calls on Nick Bosa. But it felt a little uneasy when it came to Brandon Ayuk. 
Yeah, I was uh, pulling up Debo Samuel's cap hit in yeah. 2024 is 28.5. Okay. And his dead cap's 26 and his cash is 21. Debo Samuel's on this team next year, obviously. Right. For the next, he's going to be playing for 23 and 24. He, he, Debo Samuel's not going anywhere. So if you just factor in the number, assuming you can't extend, I mean, they gave Hargrave four years, 80 million, 40 guaranteed, and his salary cap hit this year is six. So, like, obviously, no team manipulates the cap quite like the Rams are up there, but the Niners, the like Eagles. To, yeah. To extend. You like to extend and have next year, 2024, be $9 million cap hit. Now, here's my question. Debo Samuel got a three-year, $70 million extension. Now, obviously, that was now a year old, and by the time you would extend Ayuk, who I'm sorry, if Nick Bosa doesn't get extended after year three, you don't get extended after year three. So it's an easy one for the 49ers. Like, listen, this is how we do business. We said it last year with Bosa. We've said it before. You've, you're not as good as him. You get fall under that category. I do think Brandon Ayuk goes, well, see how much wide receivers are getting paid? Christian Kirk, who actually was really good for Trent Baalke, got a contract a couple years ago. People thought it was insane. I guess it was a year ago. And actually turned out to be pretty good. But like average receivers get 15, 16 million. If you ever hit the open market or can force a trade and get an extension, I would say Brandon Ayuk, you and I have talked about this before, it's getting over $20 million. Well, who's better right now if they're both available? Odell Beckham or Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk. Right, and Odell got what, fifteen million? Yeah. So as a true free agent, I, I not think, in like some trade with team control, fifth year option. Then we negotiate an extension. A true free agent. Now a lot can change in terms of like, what if he has an enormous season? You're like, this is insane. We just got to figure out a way to keep him. But I do think you could look at it like, listen, we used the twenty seventh pick on him. We got four years out of him. Can we flip him for pick twenty four? And next year, because Trent Williams is old, and how the hell do you get a left tackle? They don't exist. The only way you could, what if you had pick 24 and 28, and you package those to get to 12, something like that. So you think big picture like that. You use Brandon Ayuk to get another position. Yeah, or you, you package him for a player. Is more valuable. But when did the, when, who trades a left tackle, really? Uh, well, Pretty rare. Football team, yeah, the contract situations, right? The, the Ravens did it. The Dolphins did it. I mean, it happens, but it's usually a weird situation, I, I would say. T- tends to be. Uh, I, I just think this Brandon Ayuk situation is a weird red flag. I, I don't... Because John Lynch's me, answer was a weird red flag. Now, it's weird, right? Because he's not good enough to get treated like Bosa or Ayuk, or I mean, excuse me, Trent Williams or something, just publicly. Like, I, I'm cool with like... But he's definitely closer to your 10th best player than he is like your 30th. You could argue he might be if we just broke it down. Maybe it's just an economical, like we just can't pay all these skill guys. We can find another guy like him. I also think independent in a vacuum, like is he worth some massive contract if you have a lot of other high paid guys? I think it's fair to ask that question. Yeah, I mean, it's you could argue on another team. I like team, him. I, I want him on right. my team. Everyone does. And you, But you could argue on another team. He's 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 a 95 catch, 12 touchdown guy, but that he might not be able to be that on this team with Christian McCaffrey, with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle. They're just not going to be 95 balls for him when he's when he's not like a 50 50 downfield ball receiver. Right now, he does make contested catches because he got long arms. He can jump. So he's, he's a, a very skilled player. Looks. He is. 
and I think he's in some ways more valuable than even 78 catches looks, right? Like, is he, is he, him and Amari both had 78 catches. Give me Ayuk all day long, right? To, to this team. Well, one of the things I read this article, I think the Athletic. Juice. That's right. I think the Athletic did this breakdown a month ago of the Carolina Panthers and Bears negotiations. Mm hmm. And one of the things the Panthers were big on, like if you get one of, because they asked for the three players, right? We want one of the three players, DJ Moore, Burns, or Derek Brown. And they're like, well, they put a hierarchy, right? Like it's so much harder to get a sweet defensive tackle or a sweet defensive end than it is DJ Moore. And we love DJ Moore. So if like to do this trade, we have to give up one of these three. The only guy we're willing to give up is the wide receiver. But we also value the wide receiver in this trade. Like, you're not getting three first rounders and this guy. Like this guy's going to count almost. He's under contract as a first rounder. I think you could just go. Listen, what if we just get another good year at Ayuk? Our team's another good year. Could you get pick somewhere twenty two to twenty eight? They got a. I think I forget the exact pick twenty two, twenty one, twenty three. Remember Hollywood Brown went for that, and Ayuk is a more consistent human being. I would say. He's probably more well thought of around the league. Like they're getting a pick in the twenties for another playoff team. That just Doesn't Hollywood Brown want out? Uh, yeah, there was an issue. Hollywood Brown like didn't like the was offense. Bit, yeah, it was bitching him out. In fairness, like I, I don't think it's not a great passing offense. Now you also got two years of them, but you didn't have to extend them. You would after the fourth year, you would trade for IU can extend them. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But I do think you would get. I do think you get a first round pick for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Again, he'd have to another, I would say, what do you say, 80, 1100, 7, 8. Just looks yeah. like he looks. Looks like he looks. I, I, I don't think you can argue that that's on the table. Like, that's because one thing he said is like, we're going to have a big year this year. We're trying to do something special this year, and Brandon Ayuk's going to be a big part of that. And then he kind of paused and was like, and beyond, we'll take that as it comes. So. I do think it would be insane if they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Do you agree with that? How could you not pick up his fifth-year option? What, what, what would be the value? I don't know. But he, why wouldn't – like, what's there really to talk about? Like, I get that Veach was asked, like, are you going to pick up Clyde's fifth-year option? He's like, he did the classic lens. Like, you know, we got to get through the dra- – the answer is no, right? Kinlaw, the answer is no. I, right. Couldn't Lynch have just said, listen, Kinlaw, we got to talk to him. we got to figure that out. We're so, of course we're going to pick up by Ukes. Like, I – Weird. Do you think it's, it's a one hundred percent lock that they're picking up the fifth year option? Yeah, I, yes. I well, I agree in theory and in like substance of what we've seen, but right. the way he answered it, he didn't give that answer. No, the only way that answer would make sense is if he's like he just committed. I'm not. I haven't talked to everybody because then he says yes, we're picking up Ayuk's, and then Kinlaw's agent calls. So you already made the decision on Ayuk. We haven't heard from you guys. And he's just like, we're telling everybody. Yeah, he's same. got two guys to deal with. One guy, I mean, does he really deserve, like, I mean. Yeah, I know. I don't I know. know. But that's how they operate. But you're right. You're right. He didn't say it. When they said, what about Bosa? He said, that hotline is closed and was never open. But you do treat Steph Curry different than Jordan Poole. 100%. Nick Bosa is on, Nick Bosa special. But I'm just, he gave a very clear answer on Nick Bosa. He talked about being transparent with Trey Lance about phone calls they get. The Ayuk answer was the cloudiest answer. The, I, I, I do think like it was cloudier than the Trey Lance answers. I, I'd argue like in our lifetime, like Bryant Young, Patrick Willis, 
I mean, Bowman had like a year. I mean, Bosa is like one of the best defensive players the 49ers have had in my life, not counting like some of the Walsh guys in the 80s that I didn't watch, right? I mean, he's he's just – even I saw Steve Kime. Dave Wilcox. Justin Wilcox's dad just passed away. Oh, that was his dad? Oh, that's his dad, yeah. And uh, he was a Niner linebacker like, you know, way back in the day. Isn't he in the Ring of Honor or no? I don't know if he's in the Ring of Honor. He's in the Hall of Fame. The Niners Hall of Fame. No, the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. He went in as like a senior committee member in 2000. And I read this quote from Butkus because it was, I guess, one of the things was like, he was the greatest, like one of the greatest players no one really talks about is kind of like what the pro, like when you read those old articles from like 2000. And Butkus is like, he's the greatest outside linebacker to ever play the game. Is what Butkus said like in 2000. <laughs> I'd love to get Belichick on it. I mean, I've. Belichick has some Wilcox, Dave Wilcox. Thing. Not only did I not know that that was his dad, I just honestly don't know anything about the player. And it's I didn't know a lot about him either until. And I would say there are enough guys in like the sixties and seventies that you've never watched that aren't like Stabler or Lin Swan that you've just heard a name like you know I'm telling you this guy could fucking play. I don't feel like we ever hear that name. Might be the most under talked about if that is true. Great player in the last sixty years, no one ever utters a word about. Yeah. Because he's not playing good teams. Not, I don't. Yeah. Well, how good were those Niners teams playing at Kizar Stadium? Probably doesn't feel like great. Uh, you know, something. Are you thinking that you don't? Would there be a benefit to not picking up the fifth year option? If no, you were, I, I, no, no. If you were to trade him this week, are you? If you're the acquiring team, would you prefer that his option? You would then have the option to pick up the option, right? Here's what I would say. Like last year, the Panthers didn't pick it up on. Oh, no, they did two years ago on Darnold. I I would not be in the business of trying to do like a... If you told me, hey, the Giants will trade their first-round pick for Brandon Ayuk, given what's on the line in 2023, like that's just a no for me. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't get the impression he was about to do it. I don't think he's about to do it this year. But there were probably some teams that might give their first round pick this year for Brandon Ayuk. Like you can do it right now, given that you get two years of them. Would not do it, would you? Well, Brandon Ayuk would go have like fifty-five catches for the Giants. Would you do a team's like I'll give you my first round pick this year and my second round pick next year, or something like that? I would not, and the reason I would not is you have been searching for the your quarterback of the Kyle Shanahan era since Kyle Shanahan got here. You now think maybe you've got him in Brock Purdy. You need to do everything you possibly can to set that guy up for success in 2023. Beside the Chiefs, I would say the teams you're competing. I'd say that beside the Chiefs, the teams you're competing against, I mean truly competing against, acquire, not get rid of. Yeah. And if they get rid of, it's like, well, fuck, we had to you think we wanted to lose Hargrave? We had to fucking give Jalen all this money. It's not like the Niners are like, yeah, we just we're just th- It'd be like one of those overthink moves that they kind of like doing every once in a while. Like they have done it. Like you Belichick, don't do it. Belichick you did have it. To do it right. The Chiefs had to do it with Tyreek, and Belichick always had Brady because Belichick never had to do some of them, but he did them. And I feel like the Niners kind of like doing that. Like we don't have to do it, but we'll show you. Yeah, I think they've talked about it. But they, but the point of the conversation is they might have to do it next year. Yeah, that's let's just get to next year with if the. You won't take a team friendly extension and whatever, right? Fourteen million and twenty. What'd you say? Twenty two million for Debo. Tw- uh, twenty five six or twenty oh, okay. tw- eight five. I mean, uh, twenty eight five. 
Luckily, their QB room next year will cost $700,000. But even, I'd say, if you got Ayuk's down to, like, six or seven, you're giving two guys 30-plus million of a $210 million. Like, that's, that is a lot, you know, the cap space. Two guys. Kittle's cap number's not tiny. At least those guys are good, though. Maybe they look at it like you, you trade Ayuk for first, you keep Jennings for cheap, and then you try and draft your number two or you do something else at that number two spot. Maybe they're bullish on old Danny. Gray? Yeah, thank you. First one that came to mind was Amendola. Yeah, I know he doesn't catch me, but you guys see his tackles on punt team? <laughs> if he can translate that into offense, fucking, we have Ayuk. I know this, like, there's not a world where CeeDee Lamb is on the Cowboys, right? He's getting a contract extension. But D- Debo was that. Like, Debo wasn't leaving, right? That's After true. That I, yeah, have your number two guy. Bose ain't leaving. Fred ain't leaving. He is in that camp where it's like, I like him, and I don't want him to leave, but, like, we'll listen. Yeah, well, can your core beat 11 players? No, the Chiefs is, like, three. Right. <laughs> It just happens one of them's the quarterback. Fred Warner. How many, like, what is the Niners' core right now? It's big, right? It's Warner, Williams, Bosa, Kittle, Debo, uh, Juice. McCaffrey. McCaffrey, thank you. Uh, uh, Ayuk, that's eight. We haven't even mentioned a quarterback. I mean, Greenlaw might not be sitting at the main table, but he's part of the group, right? He's under contract. Hell yeah, Greenlaw. Uh, War, do you mention War? Charvarius. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Robbie Gold when he returns. Robbie Gold when he comes back. I mean, I I haven't seen yet. Uh, Has has Robbie signed this big deal? No, I think he's still shopping offers. (laughs) Robbie might find a. Robbie might be able to find a good offer in the transfer portal, signing a college team somewhere. Oh, yeah, Armstead. They paid Armstead. Armstead is part of the core. Thank you. That's eleven guys. So I was right. Eleven guys. (laughs) I wouldn't put Hufunga. I mean, he. I wouldn't say he's. Obviously, critical is their starting safety. I wouldn't quite give him core status. I don't think you mentioned many oh, of those Hargrave? players. Is Hargrave's core? Well, I mean, you pay a guy $40 million. <laughs> I mean, well, what, sure hope he is. <laughs> now, does Hufunga belong on that list? Could this be Armstead's last year on the team? Or local guy, does he end up making a little less to stay? Feels like he really likes it. And the hard part is, like, if they get to the point where it's like, hey, man, the $18, $19 million a year you play for nine. And he's like, well, his agent goes, listen, I know you love it here, but I could easily get you a 15. Yeah, <laughs> no, you got you go. That guy goes nine times out of 10. The overwhelming majority of the time. Pay cut leaves. means like 18 to 15, and then you move some money around on the back end. That's what pay cut usually means in the NFL, right? I mean, it's especially at his, how old is he? I mean, he's not that, he's, he's not. He, he came out young. Yeah, so he's. I guess you know, 31 max. His last deal. Probably, if you're him, he's well, you know, I would say twenty nine. You I might mean, see him. Maybe I wonder if you'll see him at the Kings Warriors game on uh, Wednesday night. Do you know his? I would imagine maybe he backs out now that Fox's fingers fucked. That Calais Campbell, I think, is a, his comp, and Calais has been making cash consistently for a while now. Just oh, it's another ten for Calais. <laughs> you know, this was like old five years ago. I know, Truly, but, seven. No, twenty sixteen. I remember thinking like. He's a vet because I remember we interviewed him that year. He's not – he's old in terms of he's been in the league for a while, but 
where he's not old is there just aren't many human beings, even in the National Football League, that look like him. John, he played eight years for the Cardinals. Class. That was four teams ago. He's on his third team. He's the Jags, the Ravens, and now he's on the Falcons. So he's played multiple years now for three franchises. Would you say they're somewhat similar? I'd say Calais' yeah, I mean, high important. end might have been higher, but I think I'm just saying. Yeah, Calais was, was he a, I, I just mean on a guy that, like, if Armstead st- can just stay healthy, obviously he was banged up last year, he could play till he's 35 years old with that body type and that yeah. character. Also, the, both very high character guys, right? Calais. Man of the year good. types. I think Calais literally won it. But. He did win it. And he was a first-team All-Pro. I'd say Armstead, if he can just stay healthy and has a chance to be a man of the year, don't you think? Has he not won it? Feels like he. No, I think he's just always the representative. But you know, he has. Does he, does he wear the little? Like everybody gets the little patch when they're the team representative, or is that just the winner that gets that patch? Yeah, I mean, if you think about the guys that have won in recent memory, like JJ. I mean, JJ Watt, Russell Wilson are like three of the last or a couple of the last four. Maybe Andrew, it's only the winner that gets that bronze patch. It's a cool patch. Did, was it Whitworth that won it this year that talked about the guy with the Lions that came up to him? Or was that two years ago? Well, he wouldn't have won it this year, right? He wasn't in the league. Yeah, he won it two years ago then. Won it for Thursday Night Football? <laughs> uh, 2023 Man of the Year. Who did win it this year? Uh, Armstead was a was the Niners nominee. Ertz? D- Dakota. Who? Oh, Dak. Thank you, Dakota. I so the the one thing going against Armstead is like Whitworth's probably closer to his comp, like Dak, Russell Wilson, JJ Watt. I mean, these guys are. I mean, fame level, like your fame levels, real. You know, you think that matters for the Man of the Year award? It shouldn't, but I mean, Eli won it. I think one year. Eli definitely won it. Yeah, I'd say Armstead though is pretty. I'd say Calais, if Calais Campbell and Whitworth can win it, Armstead can win it. Right, if he's, I mean, a team captain on the fucking 49ers for, they have another sweet season. Mm-hmm. Probably needs to play. You know, I don't know if he can have like a plantar fasciitis, miss 10 game season. Well, you know, and that's when you talk about bringing him back for nine, ten million dollars, he does have to, like, you're not paying him $10 million if he's going to play seven games. No. I mean, part of the Eagles are a good example of, now I know they won a championship with this, those guys, but like, They've shown a lot of loyalty to Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. And I, I would I would imagine to Jed, I think a lot of that's Lurie. Like, I mean, mm. I'm not saying how he doesn't like those guys, but it's like you get to a point in the NFL, like, could you just pivot? Right. <laughs> and I just wonder if Armstead's a guy that I do think means a lot to kind of the very unique Sacramento, Bay Area guy, like, you know, lives in the area, like, Debo's had like three different homes in the last three different years in the offseason. Last year it was Florida. Now it's Scottsdale. You know, it's like he's, he's out immediately. Kittle's got a fucking ranch in Nashville. Like Armstead's probably getting to have like an enormous house in sack when he's retired and come around the 49ers a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There is, I, 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 I'm with him. There is value in that. Like Jason Kelsey, the rest of his life is living in Philadelphia, right? Like you do. The Niners get lucky with that older crew of guys like Steve Young lives down the street, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice, right? That is that is a big part of historic franchises do get off on that shit. Yeah, uh, and obviously Staley comes around a lot, Gore, draft meetings. It does, you know, like 
Kings Warriors, all of a sudden, Vladi, Bobby Jack, I know Bobby technically works for the team, but Peja, these guys that do not work for the team anymore show up. Have you Scott seen Vladi and Peja at these games? They were there week one. Or, I mean, not week one, but game one. Isn't it kind of funny, like, you were the GM, and now you're just a fan? I mean, probably team ambassador or whatever, Vladi. Weird transition, especially Vlade if everyone kind of... together. Vladi did say, basically, if I don't take this team to the playoffs, you can fire me. So, I think it was probably a good relationship. Page's kid goes to Jesuit, right? Yeah, we did. Or Stanford he is now? Finishing up. He's a senior in high school? Yeah. Like, do you count Bobby and Doug Christie if they are on the team payroll still? Probably. Doug, Doug is on the staff. On the bench. <laughs> yeah, on the bench. Bobby coaches the team in Stockton, right? So it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they're coming. They, they, you know, they're, they're coming. <laughs> I, uh, I texted Doug the other day, and he texted me back, like, probably like three hours before game four. He's like, you coming to the game? I was like, nah, no tickets. <laughs> He's like, all right, then. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, no tickets, <laughs> but totally fucking open and free and not really doing I'm shit. Not, I but mean, I'm within like, I could get there in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you need anything? Can I drop something off? <laughs> Would be great to see you. Tell Bobby I say hi. You know? <laughs> Did you Always see- ask Mike Brown about me. We, we're buddies. <laughs> it's uh, I. It's it's been incredible. I, I think it's been the coolest. I mean, the television ratings. It, it, it's been as good of a television sports non football since like Tiger won the Masters. I, I I've been glued every dribble. The games have been incredible too. <laughs> right, that's part of it. Without the even how good the games are, it's just in a, it, like you. We were texting yesterday, like just the matchup itself was fun before the series started, and then the games have been like way, way better than I expected them to be. They've been I don't incredible think games. I don't think there's anything cooler in a basketball game, especially a big marquee living up to the hype basketball game. Under 24 seconds left, the team down one or two gets the ball. Like that. That is just. There's, that doesn't really happen in football. I guess you get a, a field goal, but it's not the same. It's just the coolest. In a lot, I also would say it takes the, longer in football. This is like, all right, we got a timeout, and then in 30 <laughs> seconds, they're running the play. And the majority of time, it, we say 50 50, it gets fucked up, so it doesn't flow right. Yeah, but. Quarter of the time, two it's games sweet. in this series end with buzzer beating, game winning threes miss, right? Wiggins in game one and Barnes in game four. If you watch uh, Draymond post game, he talked a lot about I told, podcast. Uh, the post game podcast, <laughs> which was he must haul ass home because he was home. That podcast was up quick. He talked about he took you know uh, responsibility for the Steph screw ups, but he also said something pretty interesting. He's like, basically, he just went to bat immediately for Steph. Like everyone's calling him Chris Webber two which you can't. Steph's got four championships, so even if he did fuck up, they have nothing in common. Then he said the one thing that Steph was getting a lot of shit for is why did he shoot so fast? Yeah. After the screw up. Right. And he said, one thing I wish I would have done is as he's been a guy that screwed up before, (laughs) you're rattled a little bit. And he's like, he's not rattled like I'm choking the game or I'm choking our dynasty, but you're just, it fucks with your mind immediately right away. And he's like, I should have said something to kind of calm everyone down or I should have played a bigger role we didn't want to bring up another defender. It's why I didn't do like a pick and roll. But I should have kind of ad-libbed when I just can kind of tell like 
he was rattled from the sense of like, I'm a fucking idiot, right? It's just, he, How you're I just not, and I was like, I didn't even think about that, but it's genius. Like Draymond is, but I don't know what you say would be my question to Draymond. Cause like I, they show the huddle and stuff's like, I'm good. I'm good, but you're not good. Right. You're not, you're, you're not. right. How could you're you be? Good. That's a great point. I did not think of that either. He said, well, I don't know how to go. You, well, he's like, think? when you just let him go ISO kind of in that situation, there's just uh if you like kind of run a play, which ideally they want to keep in Steph's hand, there's kind of a flow and you just kind of forget it. But like it's he's dribbling, it's in his mind. I don't know. Here's he, why he, I would defend Steph on that play though. He got open at the free throw line. Like, what is he supposed to do? Well, Draymond says he hits that shot 85% of the so time. So he hits the shot, they're up three. It doesn't matter yeah. that there's still 20 seconds left. You know, like that's where I would say Steph got open. He got by the defender and he got open. <laughs> so I don't know what he's supposed to do. Not take the shot. No, you. T- I guess you take the shot. Dribble around, get fouled. I mean, I, you could argue don't take the shot. You could, I guess. You just dribble and, and just shoot a shitty shot with like four seconds left. By the time it hits, they only get it with a couple seconds. Yeah, I'm just saying I get why you don't. I get why you take that. I do. It's not crazy to me that he took that shot, but maybe it's why he missed. Because you're right. How is he not absolutely killing himself? Like we're about to go down 3-1. Harrison Barnes is going to hit a game winner against us because I just did that. I do think under no circumstance. I've seen a lot of people... Now, big picture, if that timeout had ultimately cost them and like Draymond leaves and they trade Clay and it's like, God, that was kind of the moment. I, I get it, but it's like, I, I'm sorry. I'm watching the game thinking, I think Steph has talked about like, you know, he's like 10th best player of all time. Are we sure he's not closer to like top five than the way he gets discussed? Yeah, I Doris actually said during the game, like, I know it's crazy. I think he's still underrated. I'm like, you know what, Doris? I think you're right. Well, like... LeBron is widely considered, beside Nick Wright, the second best player. Beside who? Well, Nick Wright considers him better than Michael Jordan. Oh, I think oh, he's just gotcha. by himself. Got it. Yeah. You know, as the he's the only human alive. Yeah. And, and obviously, like LeBron and Bronny, who has his own commercial now. With LeBron's not even in it. You see that commercial? Like LeBron doesn't even make cameos. It's Bronny. No. What's the commercial for? Uh, like the NBA playoffs, where you get in a car. Similar to their old commercial where they're both in it, but now it's just I was keep waiting for LeBron to show up and it's was just brawny. But I'm watching thinking, and I'm not trying to shit on LeBron, but like they both got four. I guess LeBron has another MVP or two, a couple MVPs. But like is the gap that big between those two guys? It's hard because we saw LeBron even as a young player carry a team. Right. Well, Steph did that. Yeah, but it took Steph a little longer. I'm not trying to say Steph is better than him or even their equals. I just wonder, is it closer? Like, I was thinking about the the next kind of tier guy is like that, you know, kind of Magic Bird, the bigs, and then like that Kobe Duncan. And most basketball people like put Duncan above Kobe, but they're just kind of like synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. Is Steph better than both those two guys? Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> you know? So it's I put like, him ahead of those two. So it's like Would Steph you? six right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because he was consistently better. I came around a lot on Kobe, but Kobe's got a lot of like, you know. Yeah, it, it, a lot of stuff went sideways because of Kobe. And Duncan was the opposite. Arby. He was more like all the team stuff unless like he didn't have to dominate. And Steph feels like the best of both worlds. Like he can just turn into Kobe and eviscerate you, but he's always like high fiving a guy. Like, is that Chariza? Like, who the fuck's he hyping up? He's, there was a moment yesterday Chariza. where there was like a breakaway 
where he fucking shot out to the left side and DiVincenzo fucking hits him in stride. Yeah. And he starts screaming at him to ultimately have him turn around and give him a big fucking high five. Like, great, smart play. It's like he's the he's Duncan and Kobe combined because he can just score 35 a game with ease. At 35 years old, that's the other thing. He's 35, like part of why LeBron he's gets not, credit. He's not falling off at all. Bill Simmons thought, that, is this the best version of Steph? Not the best stats or whatever, but like this, the he's a dominant when yeah, he I mean, drives. I, I remember thinking two years ago, two years ago or last year, we were seeing the best version, whatever year it was, the best version. Like he was, I think one thing that would make Simmons right is he's in every year that has passed, he's gotten in, he's in better. He is never in worse shape than the, he has not had a season yet where he's in worse shape than the year before. Right. Do you watch some so that alone to me? It's like, that's a big part of the game. It's like, he spends so much time just running in circles. It's insane. He never looks tired, but there was a play late in the game yesterday where I'm, I'm not pretending to be fucking, you know, Nick nurse here, but Fox clearly went under the screen. He wasn't even close to Steph. Steph hit it. And you could just tell De'Aaron Fox, who is probably like top five in shape guy in the NFL or NBA is just gassed. I mean, he's like, this is exhausting. And it's like, I don't even, Steph wasn't even huffing and puffing. Now, maybe they run a little more consistently, right? The Warriors are less likely to just sprint up and down. Yeah. Now, I, Steph does once they get into half court. Yeah. Kind of does the. Yeah. It's weird because he plays, he like turns into Kobe or some great scorer, but he also has this element of like Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, where it's like, I, there's just never been anything quite like, there never has. Think about like Simmons is he just point. really magic, Larry? Like if you just wanted to be like magic, Larry, Steph, like if that was your three, wherever they are, like four, five, six, right? Right. Because right. <laughs> what they meant to basketball, big picture, like it was dying. They they saved it. If you wanted to keep them above, I I'm not gonna argue, and I didn't I mean, really watch. Steph's it. had a pretty incredible value to the league, the sport too. Steph has changed the right, like. They would you that, say he's that their, their equivalent? Like he's them? Well, I would say it's different, right? Like their co- cultural impact was what you just described. Steph, Steph's cultural impact is he's changed the way the game is played starting in like, you know, whatever age kids are old enough to throw the ball further than the free throw line. Steph has changed the way the game is played. The entire sport changed because of him. So he he's had his own major impact, Right. That I think is up equal to or greater than Magic or Larry's, what they did together. So, I, like, I don't think he is not second to them in cultural impact on the sport. Yeah, he ain't uh, done either. Well, and, but anyway, what? but to the Simmons point is like he's only more skit right. He's he, his skills haven't diminished, right? His fitness hasn't diminished. He only gets smarter. So why wouldn't he be the? I agree, he is the best version of himself right now. And as long as he is physically not getting worse, then it's going to continue. Well, now with Fox's injury, and let's just assume he's not, even if he's 80%, the Kings would be in major trouble. A lot of credit for the guy, right? In in the history of the Warriors, most top players kind of, you know, when I say top players, like all NBA type guys crumble against the Warriors or do not do as well as they do in the regular season beside like Kawhi, LeBron. It's a short list. Harden's never as good. Chris Paul's never as good. Like all these guys kind of shit the bed relative to their greatness against like the magic, you know, in the regular season. Fox has been incredible. 
But if they win this series now, they'll be favored against the Lakers. They'll have home court against the Lakers, right? Because they're the six, the Lakers are the seven. Then they probably get like Denver or a team or the Suns that have no bench. What if he wins the championship again? Last year was crazy. This year would be pretty improbable. This year would be crazier, especially given now if Fox is healthy, given the way this series has looked, right? Just start with that. Like th- this series is in now. If Fox isn't healthy, which you know, like you said, like that's he's not right now. It changes things. But I didn't feel like game two ended. I was screaming in my uh, screaming at uh, at the at my phone watching it. But I didn't. After that game ended, I didn't feel like okay, the Warriors are definitely winning this series now. I just felt like they're if they lost, then they would definitely. I thought we're going to lose the series, right? Duh. But. I, it still, to me, was a 50-50 series when that game ended, as far as I was concerned. Now, the Fox injury changes it, but, like, well, the I'm, Kings are right there. But there's just a chance this is their toughest matchup. Yeah. Because the Lakers do not move up and down like this. Do not play like this. And listen, not a huge fan of the guy anymore, but you watch LeBron, he is not nearly as quick as he once was. Like, it's pretty noticeable, even now, relative. He had, like, this under dunk the other day. He does not fly like he once flies. He doesn't move like he once. He's still great, and his stats are awesome. He is not the guy that the Warriors used to see in Cleveland. It makes sense. He's fucking our age. I mean, there's a big difference between 35 and 38, 39, right? I mean, it's just, and you're starting to, like, Rui Hachimura, he's going to light up the Warriors. Reeves. Who actually? Did, did you, you know? His, I watched, you hear his nickname? What's his nickname? Hillbilly Kobe. <laughs> Where's he from? Arkansas. That's such a good nickname. Where do you play college ball? Arkansas, I think. Arkansas. Did you see? D, uh, I watched Dante Divincenzo, Divincenzo's interview with um, uh, Evan Turner and uh, Igadala. And one of his things, like Igadala asked him, like, you know, is it awkward being the only white guy on a team? Like when that happens, like being white, you know, and he's like, uh, he's like, no, I prefer being the only white guy on the team. In fact, if there's another white guy on the team, I have to go to him and let him know that I'm the team's white guy. He's like, I told Ty Jerome, you're not white, you're light skinned. So I can be the only white guy on the team. This has to be one of the first playoff series in the Internet age with two redheaded guys. Uh, Assuming Dante is redheaded. Well, who's Herter, the other redhead? Herder's red or oh, Herder, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two redheads. Uh, yeah, I was watching this redheaded comedian the other day. I was watching that show. Dave, you ever seen that show with the guy who's like the rapper Lil Dicky? It's on FX and Hulu. No, it's it's a pretty great show. It's hilarious. I'll check it out. But there's a redhead on the show. He's like, you know, we. He's a comedian who you'd probably recognize. He's like, we are the only ethnicity that it's still appropriate to make fun of. We're the only one. It's true. Santino, yeah, is that the guy's name? The actor? If you saw his name. I I'll mean, if you saw out. his face, you would recognize him. Anyway, uh, yeah, check that out. Brock uh, Brock on uh, New Heights with uh, Jason. New Heights? Is that what it's called? I think, Kelsey yeah. Pod? Is it called yes. New Heights? New Heights. Oh, they're from New Heights, I think. Is the Isn't area. that the name of the podcast, right? New Heights? Yeah, whatever, wherever they're from. Uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings... Uh, I was like, at first, I, I did not connect with me at first. Like, he's on promoting Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, damn, they got Brock on this podcast? Yeah. But, uh... Slinging cheeseburgers, bro. Did, did not ask him about Trey Lance. 
didn't really ask him about anything substantial about what's currently going on. They they don't even care. They don't care. <laughs> no, they're not here to break news. They're, that boring. thing's doing the, the yeah. That thing's doing six hundred thousand views, whether they asked him about the hottest news or not. Maybe a million and a half. It'll do. I wonder what do you think that's at right now? Uh, well, it's probably been up for less. It's been up probably for twelve hours. I'm gonna guess uh, three hundred thousand views. No, two fifty. No, I mean it's only at forty seven k. How many? How long has it been up? Uh, eight hours. It went up this morning. Okay. Doing well though. You know what did pretty big for them is, and I've seen a bunch of clips on my shorts. Is the Shannon Sharp? Looks like oh, their highest rated video yet. When was that? I didn't see that one. Uh, that would have been like two weeks ago podcast. All right, anything else? Look for Middlecoff behind the Warrior bench at the game. Warriors-Kings, game five. What are you going to be wearing? Uh, I don't know. You know, casual something. So not King, you're not going Kings-Warriors? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think Bob Myers, the cowbell guy, was sitting right like a row. My buddy, Scotty Raber, went similar seat and he said Bob Myers was right behind him. Aisha was right in front of him. It is in the warrior section. If I could do it over again, I probably would have put myself in the heart of the Kings people. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how this thing shakes out. I wonder if E40 is going to be there with you. Could. I mean, that would be, that'd be good for business. Yeah, that's where he was sitting, right? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't even see him the day. He was by yeah. the warrior bench. Yeah. The game he got ejected in sack. And listen, like I, I am pro sack, but like with Fox hurt now, I'm sorry, you guys can't beat the Lakers, and that's I, I am more in tune with it about knocking their fucking ass out than yeah. any like you know crowning winning a first round series here, guys. I, I cannot, I cannot have the Kings winning this series than losing the Lakers. That is not acceptable for me. I, I, I can't because then it just oh, I I can't have LeBron getting another real ring. That just. Right. And people are dropping like flies. Giannis is back and Bede's knees messed up. I mean, it's starting to open like this, you know, the Red Sea here. This, who knows if Chris Paul will make it two more series? They got nobody. Like all four of those guys play like 42 minutes a game in the first round against Russell Westbrook. I mean, they, they could run out of juice. Yeah. I watch the Nuggets look pretty good, but they are a lot of like Michael Porter Jr. and uh, the dude that went to Arizona. Was that guy's name? Ben Matherin? No, older guy. Dunker. Andre Godala? No, he's from San Jose. Oh, uh, uh, from the Magic? Yeah. Good, not good. I want to call him Drew Gooden. Uh, Aaron. Uh, Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Who, you know, does dunks and blocks, but like Aaron Gordon's going to take out the Warriors? We saw it last year. Like, no, no. <laughs> you know. That's the thing about Fox. Like, he is clearly just, you know, he's the NBA clutch player of the year. He scored the most points in clutch time. Do you think that's kind of a stupid new award? Um, I, I think it's kind of dumb. Unless my caveat would be that there's no, was it voted on or is it just whoever scores the most clutch time points? I thought it was a vote, but I could yeah, be I, wrong. I would, I would be more in favor of the award if it's just clutch time, it's whatever it is, like last five minutes, four, you know, eight point game or whatever it is. Whoever scores the most points, that that person just automatically wins that award. I'd be good with that. It's like winning the batting title. Like we don't vote on who the best hitter is. You just had the highest batting average. I'd be cool I've, with that. I think what's cool about the award, at least this year, it's like he immediately validated it. 
<clears throat> he's like playing defending champs, hitting like fadeaways. He's keeping them in the game. It's like, God damn, this guy is clutch. Even Draymond at the end of the game <clears throat> was like, we cannot let him beat him, beat us. A lot of guys like Donovan Mitchell scored two points in the second half, crumbled like a cookie. You know, well, these all these guys just melt. That's why it's hard to take the NBA seriously. Like the majority of like the media hype guys, this guy's worth two hundred million dollars. Most of them are just are not. Well, we look at the, we talked about this a few years ago. I remember because I said I didn't think the Bucks were like a legitimate champion. They're just different. They were legitimate, but they're just different. When you look at the history of the league, it's not like. Every few years, there's some new star who comes along and wins a championship. Like, nope. It's just the Lakers, the Celtics, the Pistons, the Spurs, the Bulls, the Rockets. The Mavs snuck in for a year. The Lakers and Spurs again. Uh, the Pistons got in there for a year, but they were really good. Miami did it with two legit stars. And, you know, and then the Warriors. That's what like, scares me about LeBron and Anthony Davis right now. I, 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 I got to have them killed. Well, I'm just saying, my point on, like, all these other, there's always, like, a new guy who's going to come up. Like, yeah, go back to 1980. There's, like... I don't know, nine franchises that have won the championship. Ja Morant, like, give me a break. Yeah, it's it's not going to be Ja versus Donovan Mitchell for the title. <laughs> no. The, the Kings becoming, like, some sort of semi... Again, we're just so far away from anybody becoming a dynasty. It just takes... It's so freaking hard, right, to become what the Warriors have become, to be that level of franchise. I was but listening the Kings to... Kings doing it would be kind of fun. Well, I was listening to... Uh... Sam Amick and Kawakami and Slater on the plus minus 82 thing. And he was like, I think Kawakami was talking to Wiggins and he's like, these guys fucking just keep coming. This is crazy. And, you know, the Warriors do not love putting people on pedestal or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like to get their respect, it's like clearly they these guys have their respect and that's yeah. hard to do. They don't think it's they're like fakes. Kawhi, LeBron. Last year, though, they swept him. Like, they're like, Jokic, this guy, if he had some help, he's sweet. It's a rare, like, they think Harden and CP3, they fucking, they don't take those guys seriously at all. And they're already like, Jesus, these guys. Yeah. So, Kings, you'll have that this offseason. Yeah. And they'll have the, if they lose because their guy got hurt, they'll have that, right? Because didn't, when the Warriors lost in six games, Mark Jackson wore all black, pink tie, maybe? No, seven. They got, that was seven? It, was, it went seven, yeah. Did Steph get banged up in that series? Uh, they lost somebody, David Lee. and Remember they lost game seven in L.A.? You just reminded me, that was the story Iguodala told DiVincenzo. He's like, he kinda, he's like, one thing about David Lee, man, if the other team had a white guy, David Lee was like, I'm taking him tonight. <laughs> like, that's my guy. I'm going at him. Oh, fuck. I think that was like a famous Larry Bird thing. Whenever someone would put a white guy on him, he would be like, I'm going for 50 tonight. Oh. And then he'd like, keep running by the bench. Like, you fucking putting a white guy on me? The nugget, The Nuggets. What nuggets. happened with the Nuggets? That It was in six. They lost the Nuggets in six in, 20, in 2013. Yeah, they lost the, the – but the Mark Jackson thing was the following year. Mark Jackson coached in 14. Mark, who'd they lose to in 14? The Clippers. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. Because that was the year Sterling and V. Stiviano thing happened. That's right. That's right. <laughs> v. Stiviano. You're yeah. my honey bear. What'd she call him? I don't remember. <laughs> that was disgusting. Remember she wore a mask? 
Yeah, like the that was oh that's right way before COVID those things came, it was like the welder's mask. But it, w- it wasn't for air. It was about sunlight. Yeah, it was the it was like the the big thing that like the a welder wears. Yeah, but I remember early like seeing people in the airport with like regular mask goggles, welder's mask. You know that whole thing. So guys, the welder mask is for the sunlight here. <laughs> no, that Andy Reid wore that on the sidelines. Well, because he didn't want to wear like, and I don't blame him. I I, I hate masks more than any human, not named Andy Reid, but he just didn't want to wear that. No, thing. I know. I just remember. <laughs> he remember they told him he couldn't. <laughs> remember he was fogging up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that thing. That should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I remember getting really foggy. It's like a Monday Night Football game. Oh, man. Everything's outside the box, man. Uh, On that note, thanks for hanging, everybody. I was meaty. Later.